Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Chicago's Legal Latte, a series of podcasts brought to you by Lavelle Law Limited. Throughout this series, the attorneys from Lavelle Law will share their answers to questions about a variety of topics for individuals and small businesses. To participate in today's discussion, you can email us at podcast at lavellelaw.com. Now, on today's edition of Chicago's Legal Latte, we're going to, I think, just going to have to roll up our sleeves and and dig into a uh, bit of a complex topic. Hi, everybody. This is Jim Mitchell. And naturally, when we say we're going to talk about complex legal discussions, it's best to rely on someone with the right background and experience. And today we have just that, as I welcome Lavelle Law Attorney Colleen Hurley back to the podcast. And we're going to discuss... Uh, the ways and the process uh, and definitions around having an attorney appointed to represent children in certain types of cases. Uh, so I think there's a lot to cover here. We've not done it before on our, our many, many podcasts, so I'm glad we had the chance to do it today. Uh, good afternoon, Colleen. Haven't talked in a while, so thanks for making the time to join me today. Hi, good afternoon. Thank you so much for having me again. Yeah, now, as I said, I think there's a lot to cover. So would I be correct as a starting point in saying that the scenarios we're going to discuss today are, are likely to occur in uh, divorce or parental custody cases? Yes, you're correct in that. Uh, those are the situations where we most often see this topic come up. Okay, and we'll we'll discuss as we get into it some of the different legal roles an attorney might play, But but let's back up for a minute. Um, and let's just talk about maybe if you could describe the circumstances that would cause a child in one of these cases to actually need an attorney to represent them. Sure. So typically when parties are in, involved in litigation, such as a divorce or parental responsibility case, uh, the court may find it appropriate based on the circumstances to appoint an attorney to represent uh, the child or children in that case. Uh, there are three separate capacities in which an attorney can be appointed for a child, um, and we'll, we'll go into all three of them in a little bit more depth. Um, but those three categories are as follows. Attorney for the child, which is exactly what it sounds like. A child representative or a guardian ad litem. Um, the court can appoint this either by the motion of one of the parties or on its own motion. Um, this individual is someone who is a practicing attorney, um, has experience in family law, has special training to specifically represent children, um, and typically overall what the purpose of these capacities is for is to protect the best interests of the child, make sure that's at the forefront of the case, make sure that that is considered by the court by presenting the best possible information that the court can rely on. Mm-hmm. And is that come about in case we've talked in the past about how difficult, traumatic, and unfortunately sometimes confrontational these cases can be. So is this an instance in which the court maybe steps back and says, look, I, you know, the, the, the two people are, are really confrontational here, we want to make sure the kids aren't lost in the process, and and that's where they would make this type of uh, assignment? Correct. Um, Typically, how we see this come about is the parties often have engaged in mediation already, um, trying to resolve Mm -hmm. any issues when it comes to co-parenting. So we're talking uh, parenting time issues or parental responsibility, otherwise known as custody issues. Um, And if they're unable to come to an agreement within mediation, then the court decides that it's time to appoint um, someone in this capacity to represent the best interests of a child or children. And you're completely right. Uh, One of the main purposes for this 
purpose is to make sure that the best interest of the child isn't, isn't being lost in um, nasty litigation or parties that simply can't agree how to co-parents. And does this originate at some point in, in certain Illinois statute, or where's the sort of the jurisdiction or the origin of, of this type of uh, assignment come from? Correct. So specifically what we're talking about is what's provided for an Illinois statute, specifically 750 ILCS 5-506, which allows the court the option to appoint an attorney for the child, a guardian ad litem, or a child representative. Um, There are um, scenarios where we see this play out in other states, but uh, here today we're talking specifically only about Illinois law. Okay. And uh, I suppose uh, this may go into a whole other direction, so pull me back in here. But just I'm just curious, uh, is there a pool of attorneys that, that might be assigned? I mean, are there certain attorneys who a, ju- a, a judge would draw from that are sort of assigned or trained or certified to do this kind of work? Yes, absolutely. Uh, there are certain qualifications that an attorney would need to meet in order to be considered for appointment in um, one of these three capacities. Um, typically, what we see across the board is obviously these are attorneys who are licensed to practice here in Illinois, um, have years of experience practicing family law. Um, on top of that, have engaged in special training uh, to represent in these roles and are also on a list for appointment by the judge. Um, so that's typically what we see across the board. Uh, several ways mm-hmm. for an attorney to become um, qualified for one of these roles, um, and what, we could certainly talk about that in more depth as well. Sure, and and just to be clear, because I, I I think I heard two things there. Obviously, the judge can appoint this based on what they see, but um, is there an instance in which one of the parties could actually request that this be assigned? Yes, absolutely. It's common for one of the parties, uh, whether pro se on his or her own, or one of the party's attorneys to bring a motion for the appointment of a child representative or a guardian ad litem or uh, whatever role that they are seeking. Um, in that motion, they would have to show that it's in the best interest of the child to have this appointment um, based on the fact that the parties are unable to agree on their own um, how to co-parent effectively. Okay. And if, if the relationship has several children involved, would one person ultimately represent them all then? Yes. Uh, Typically, if there's more than one child in the same case, so say um, within a family, such as a divorce or a custody dispute, there are um, children of the same relationship that are siblings. Typically, we see this appointment not be just for one child in particular um, of the sibling group, but most often all of those children. Okay. Uh, well, obviously, a very interesting and informative discussion going on here with Lavelle Law Attorney Colleen Hurley. Um, and Colleen makes time to join me periodically throughout the year. In between, she will also post articles, and I, I think you'll find a recent one on this very topic, uh, all of those available at lavellelaw.com. Now, I've recommended that site many times in the past, but after a recent upgrade and redesign, I would encourage you even more to see everything that uh, lavellelaw.com has to offer uh, you find out more about Colleen as as well as a uh, new way to easily search articles, podcasts, and videos uh, produced by uh, all the attorneys at the firm. Um, so uh, please take some time to visit over there and get even more information. But let's let's dig a little deeper here today on those various roles, and let's first talk about um, an attorney for a child. Colleen, can you sort of walk us through what that means and what that role would be? 
Sure, of course. So in a, the, the phrase attorney for the child is exactly what it sounds like. In this situation, the court has decided um, to appoint an attorney that acts as an attorney for a child. And what this looks like is this attorney is providing independent legal counsel to this child, owing the same exact duties of undivided loyalty, confidentiality, and competent representation that are due to the adult clients in the case that may have attorneys. Um, the attorney for the child may therefore file pleadings as he or she finds appropriate and necessary, engage in discovery, and otherwise participate in the litigation, just as any other attorney would. So in the, in the course of uh, the process, if there's a court hearing, each uh, the husband, wife, or mother, father would have, have representation, so that there would be a third attorney there then representing the child as, as the process takes place? Yes, exactly that way. Okay. Now, how does that differ from a, I think you used the term guardian ad litem, and what, what does that mean, and what's the difference between those two? Sure. So the guardian ad litem is a bit different. Um, instead, this isn't necessarily an attorney that represents the child uh, with the same duties of undivided loyalty, confidentiality, and competent representation. Instead, a guardian ad litem is an attorney that is appointed as, quote, the eyes and ears of the court. Um, what this attorney is called to do is to conduct an investigation into the best interests of the child and how he or she can do this is by testifying or submitting a written report to the court regarding his or her recommendations. For the, best, uh, for the best interest of the child. Um, this report is made available to all the parties. The guardian ad litem may be called as a witness um, instead of acting as an attorney, um, calling witnesses him or herself. Um, when we're talking about a guardian ad litem being the eyes and ears of the court, the most important role of this guardian ad litem, uh, therefore, is the investigation he or she engages in. So what this looks like most often is this attorney will interview the child, will interview the parties, and can also interview anyone else uh, who he or she may find appropriate in determining the best interests of the child. Um, this most often looks like uh, teachers, counselors, extended family members, physicians, um, and the like in order to compile the most information possible to be considered in this report. Um, I would say an important difference just to emphasize is instead of this attorney acting as a legal representative for the child, as an attorney for the child, instead this is someone who is there to help the court uh, provide a recommendation and can instead be called as a witness instead of acting as an attorney engaged in the litigation. And in these first two instances, uh, you mentioned, you know, uh, spending time with the child, interviewing the child or children. Um, do these representatives get time to do that uh, on their own? Are the parents allowed to sit in on those, or is it strictly one-on-one -on -one with, with the child or children? Certainly. Um, so in these situations, it's up to the guardian ad litem how he or she would like to proceed. Um, but some things that remain the same in these investigations is that a guardian ad litem will often meet with the parties, um, sometimes meet with the parties with the child there, but also importantly, make sure to interview the child individually uh, wherever possible and interview the parties individually wherever possible, um, just so he or she can be sure that they're doing the most thorough investigation and there isn't any sort of, um, uh, you know, there isn't any sort of bias on the investigation because someone may be in the room and one person may not be comfortable disclosing certain information because of that. Sure. Okay. And and you had also mentioned a third role, which is a child representative. Now, is that more restrictive in scope and responsibility, or how does that differ? 
Um, I don't know if I would call it more restrictive in scope, but it's certainly a different scope. Um, here the difference is a little bit more nuanced uh, than the difference between a guardian ad litem, otherwise known as a GAL, um, as opposed to an attorney for the child. Uh, just diving right into it specifically, a child representative is an attorney who's appointed as an advocate for what he or she finds to be in the best interest of the child. Um, just like a GAL, the child representative uh, reviews the facts and circumstances of the case, uh, also does an investigation by meeting with the child, the parties, investigating the facts. Um, but also what this child representative does, what his or her role is, is to encourage settlements um, and encourage the use of alternative forms of dispute resolution uh, to try to come to um, a global settlement of parenting issues in the case. Um, what's notable is that the child representative has the same authority and obligation to participate in the case as an attorney for an adult party would and possesses all the parties, uh, excuse me, possesses all the powers of investigation as a guardian ad litem. Um, here, the child representative shall consider but isn't bound by uh, the expressed wishes of the minor child. Um, another difference we see here uh, between a GAL and a child representative is a child representative shall not disclose confidential communications made by the child, except as required by the law or by the rules of professional conduct. Um, also differing from a GAL, a child representative shall not render an opinion or recommendation or report to the courts um, and shall not be called as a witness, but instead is able to make evidence-based legal arguments to the court about the best interests of the child. Interesting. Um, so uh, basically, uh, you know, you, you've described for us uh, three very different roles here, but, uh, you know, I've got a lot more questions and we have uh, no more time. So if others who are listening are like me and they'd like to talk more about this, um, is it good for them to reach out to you and maybe have a conversation to get some more information? Yes, ab absolutely. Um, I encourage anyone who has additional questions or would like to talk about this more in depth to reach out to me directly at Lavelle Law. I'd be happy to hear from you and happy to speak with you more in depth about these issues. Well, I appreciate that, and I know uh, our listeners will as well. So I want to thank uh, Colleen Hurley for joining us today. Uh, very informative, as always, and uh, certainly appreciate her time. We'll let her go and continue on with her work for the day, and uh, we encourage uh, everyone else. As she said, if you have questions, please reach out, and the number at Lavelle Law, 847-705-7555. LavelleLaw.com also has uh, the ability to put you directly in touch with Colleen via email, or uh, if you just want to enter a question there, they uh, will get you a response uh, from the appropriate attorney uh, in, in very quick order. So uh, thanks, Colleen. Thanks to all of you for listening. Always a pleasure to have you with us. We look forward to talking with you on an upcoming episode of Chicago's Legal Latte very soon.